Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, a special edition of the Terrible Podcast, Pittsburgh Steelers Training Camp 2023. It is the first day of August. It is 7.35 p.m. Eastern Time. It is Tuesday. It is the fifth day of Steelers Training Camp practice. And I am Dave Bryan from SteelersDepot.com. And on the other side of this microphone is Alex Kazora, fresh off of another trip to St. Vincent College in La Trobe. Alex, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. First day of August, first day in pads. Really felt like real football was back. And if you guys know the reputation of a Pittsburgh Steelers training camp, they are arguably the most physical training camp across the entire NFL. And today was no exception. All right, uh, let's start off with a shout-out, our, our, our daily shout-out to uh, Lynn Testa and the fine folks at Touring Plans. Alex? Absolutely. Touringplans.com, a great partner of our Steelers Depot camp coverage for many, many years. Now we thank Len Testa for always reaching out uh, to the site and, and partnering up with us during this time of year. So Touring Plans, a group that helps you plan your trip to Disney, find the best restaurants, best deals, where to go, how to do it. It's a busy, chaotic time of year, how to save a couple of bucks as well in the process. So go to touringplans.com. If you are planning a trip to Disney, let them know that Steelers Depot sent you. And again, we thank Len Testa for his support. We certainly do. Len, thank you. We love you. Uh, all right. Uh, on to housekeeping and un unfortunate injury uh, during practice today. So why don't you walk us through uh, the injuries that took place during practice and the people that did not practice. And I'll tell you what Tomlin said afterwards. Okay, we'll talk about Corey Trice in just one second, but uh, we'll get to everything else here briefly. First, the only other in practice injury that Mike Tomlin mentioned was a Landon Roberts said it was not that serious. I'm kind of stealing your thunder. I apologize because you, you were going to talk about Tomlin, but uh, sure. those not practicing ahead of time. Make if it's Patrick personal, not at practice. Demonte Casey left ankle boot is off. He walked around fine. So it really appears to be minor as he indicated. Alfonso Graham, a bit curious. He still has that torn right labrum, still a sling on, not been waved injured. I don't know what the uh, decision there is with him. Chandon Sullivan went down with a potentially scary looking knee injury during one-on-ones to receiver DBs, but he got back up. He was back in team moments later. So he's okay. Of course, the big news of the day though is Corey Trace going down with us as Tomlin said, a non-contact injury. And that is a, a very scary looking situation. Yeah, it is. Uh, especially with his uh, history and just, you know, his demeanor and how he was helped and, uh, you know, the pictures of him being carted off and look, we, We've thought the worst in the past, and we've gotten good news on the other side with guys like Ramon Foster and who is the other one? Robert Golden, I think, several years mm -hmm. ago. So, uh, you know, just pray, pray, pray for the best outcome here when it comes to him. And Mike Tomlin didn't have much to say after practice and a couple of injury things of note. Corey Trice went down with a non-contact injury. You guys saw him carted off. I don't have any information on the status of that. He also added that a Landon Roberts wasn't able to finish, but really isn't more of it, but really it's more of a precaution than anything else. He went on to say, I'm sure there'll be additional bumps and bruises associated with work like this. We'll do a good job, the best of our, our ability to 
keep this group up and keep snapping the ball because that's what time of year it is. So keep your fingers crossed, folks, about Corey Trice uh, uh, Jr. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if any news breaks here over the next couple of days. Uh, a couple of new Steelers on the roster as well, too, right? Right. A couple of running backs in John Lovett and Greg Bell. And so that was in part due to the Graham injury. And then Jason Huntley, a bit of a surprise release. Not sure what the situation was with him. And so Huntley's gone. Graham's hurt. Two running backs come in. Just to go back to Trice briefly to kind of take you through, that was the last play of the second team session, the full 12-play session period after seven shots. It was a jet run from left to right to rookie Jordan Bird. And I, I saw Trice go down. I didn't see what happened the moment before. It was two bird side. And very early in the play, you saw Trice just crumple to the ground, grab his knee. A couple players even fell on top of him and, and, and the guy that was uh, you know being blocked and um, Trice stayed down, could not put really any sort of weight on it's a right leg or appears to be a knee, but we'll just call it a right leg. And then he was carted off head down as he was taken um, back to the team facility. So um, I wasn't a hundred percent sure if it was non-contact, but Tomlin confirmed it and Trice went down immediately. And you kind of knew right away, this is a serious situation. All right. Keep your fingers crossed folks. Uh, all right. Anything else in the housekeeping department before we start running through the position groups here, Alex? Nope. Let's get to the position groups. All right, uh, we'll start on the offensive line. Got the pads on. We've been waiting for this day to happen so you can get a better look at kind of kind of what's happening there. So, hey, uh, any any rotation, you know, tell us about the rotations and anything that stuck out with the offensive lineman today. Yeah, not really any rotations today except for that third guard left or that third string, excuse me, left guard spot because they only have 14 offensive linemen with Jared Williams getting released a couple days ago. They don't have true three lines of five in terms of different people. So we're seeing Kevin Dotson and Nate Herbig rotate in with those third team left guard reps. And so they're basically getting two each. Dotson will get two of the third team reps and then Herbig will get the other two. And so Herbig's playing some left guard now in addition to playing right guard and center and even snap some in the O-line, D-line, 1v1 uh, situation today. So they really are making an effort to give Herbig plenty of center opportunities. Um, in terms of the actual evaluation of them, thought it was a good day for Broderick Jones, especially in the 1v1 where you can really look at these guys in a vacuum, which can be a tough situation for these offensive linemen. But he had a, a couple of good matchups against Marcus Golden, defending inside spin, showing his athleticism, his length to seal the edge. They went against each other. I think it was four times or three times. And I would say that Jones confidently won two of them. The other one was kind of a mix, maybe lean golden winning there. And then Jones had a really good rep against Toby and Duke way to end that O-line D-line 1v1. Uh, so that was a really good development for Broderick Jones. All right. Anything else uh, stick out? Uh, and and once again, the uh, it was a start. It was the original starting five, right? More mm -hmm. uh, say Amalu, Cole, Daniels and Chukwuma Korofor, and then the second group was uh, mostly Broderick Jones, right, at left tackle? Yeah, correct. Same first team, same second team, except for the very end of practice, the final couple plays of team, a Korofor was pulled out healthy, but that allowed Dan Moore to shift over from left tackle to right tackle and Broderick, Broderick Jones to get a couple of reps with the ones. And so, again, finding some ways to get more some time, Jones, different reps, see him against Alex Highsmith, a little bit more. Some other O-line thoughts. Thought Raven Clark was better in O-line, D-line than he looked against Nick Herbig in some of the team sessions uh, earlier in camp. Uh, Nate Herbig, I thought a good day for him overall. And James Daniels, Dave, the, the two reps he had in O-line, D-line today 
were better than anything he did all of last summer. It's just a world of difference as he gets wow. comfortable. Because remember last year, no line D line, he he looked a mess because he was all just right. so uncomfortable in Pat Myers' technique. He spoke into that, and so Daniels two really strong reps today against Larry Okunjobi. So that's going against a starter, a really talented player in him. Um, Daniels was, was really good in those moments, and again, you just see a world of difference a year makes as you get really comfortable with the techniques and nuances of your coaching. All right, so no hyperbole there, right? No, yeah, it was <laughs> it was a really good day for James Daniels. All right, good. All right, let's move on to the quarterback position. Uh, uh, what what'd you see? Who'd you like? What didn't you like? Yeah, I think it was a good day overall. I'm trying to think back. I'm trying to give some more overall thoughts on Kenny Pickett. I think it's been you know a, a good camp for him. Not a great camp, certainly not not a terrible one. I I do want to see, and it's probably less so relevant to today, and just kind of more of an overall thought throughout camp. Want to see a it's still to see that accuracy in that underneath short game. Some of the crossers, some of the sideline throws, still not exactly where you want them to be. Now it's early and guys are shaking off rust and you're throwing to some different guys trying to get down timing and all that. But um, I do want to see Pickett maybe just clean up that short area accuracy a bit more. That that was a concern his rookie season. And I just want to see more of it uh, his sophomore year. You better add a positive in there, or else people are <laughs> going to be all over you as being a, 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 a Kenny. You're going to be framed as a Kenny Pickett hater. Oh, the internet already hates me because I put those Pickett training camp stats, and I think Browns fans found it, and they've been going after me in the last uh, 24 hours. Um, again, he's not been bad at all. I think Pickett has looked good. I'm still confident in the guy. I'm still. This is actually less of a positive thing, I guess. So I'm probably not helping my own cause here. I would like to see like to see some middle of the field throws. He's kind of still been more of a sideline cover one, take a one v one shot deep kind of guy. But uh, we'll keep watching. We'll keep evaluating on Kenny Pickett. All right. Anything else in the quarterback position? Anything for Morgan? Nope. No snaps today. All three quarterbacks, the veterans who were, were you know practicing in full. Trubisky had the off day Sunday. He practiced in full. Had a really nice throw to Gunnar Olszewski that looked like a touchdown, but the refs who were on hand today uh, ruled him out of bounds. And so uh, I thought it was a really good touch pass for about what could have been a 15 or so yard touchdown. All right. Uh, running backs. Uh, now that they had the pads on, uh, you know, I think the one thing that stuck out is first couple of plays of uh, seven shots back to back handoffs, I think for touchdowns to Najee, right? Correct. Yeah. Two yard scores for Najee. The first one was a really well blocked behind Daniels and he walked in essentially untouched. And the second one was a bit more messy, but Harris was able to get in um over for the score there so uh nice job there again effort to try to run the ball better in the red zone this year will certainly be on pittsburgh's list uh besides that there was no actual tackling on Najee or jalen warren they've graduated to don't tackle this guy status the other running backs were able to be tackled in that full contact session a little bit later in practice um really no guys really stuck out in backs on backers you know jalen warren stuck out so positively last year i didn't see that from even him or really anybody this year I thought Najee was up and down. He had one bad rep against Colt Holcomb to start things off, but finished the drill better than how he started. Um, beyond that, I don't have a whole lot of other information there on the running backs. They didn't put Anthony McFarlane out there in that, did they, or no? Uh, I want to say he was. Let me see. I think I have in my notes there. I, I, mean, I, I understand those other two kids, Bell and uh, Love oh, yeah. it, uh, got uh, I thought they, I, I heard, did both of them get a, a Landon Roberts or or Roberts and Robinsons? <laughs> I think. Is that my, a verb? I think in my notes, it was love it on back-to-back reps. I think it was him on, on both times. Maybe someone else said something different, but it was, it was Roberts and then Robinson on bull rushes back-to-back flattening the running back. In my notes, I had love it on both those, 
those reps. Yeah, it was a real welcome to the uh, welcome to the Pittsburgh Steelers for those guys. Uh, did uh, did Hagen's get a rep in that? And how did he do? Yeah, he got a couple reps. Um, he was okay. I think his technique in terms of squ- staying square needs some work, but um, you know, he didn't look miserable out there. Look, Najee, I'm not, you know, you know, coming out of last season, I have no reason to be concerned about Najee and, and Warren in the pass protection department, you know. So, uh, I mean, I, there are areas they can improve. Najee liked to dip his head a little bit, you know, last mm-hmm. year, but uh, maybe he'll learn from that. Uh, anything else on the running backs? Uh, what else do I have here? Uh, no, I think that's probably it on the running backs overall. All right. Uh, how about the uh, wide receivers? And <laughs> uh, we probably had need to have two separate conversations here. Uh, how about George <laughs> Pickens and and then the wide receivers? Yeah. Um, now, what happened there was so that uh, I'm, as I'm sure most people have seen at this point, the the insane catch that George Pickens made in one v one against Joey Porter Jr. That was taking place at the same time the backs on backers drill was occurring. And I always watch backs on backers because I always choose contact drills over non-contact drills and backs on backers only happens twice in camp today and then Friday night lights. And so you really have to watch that. They're going to do receiver DB stuff uh, every day, basically all throughout camp. But yeah, that catch by Pickens. The crazy thing is I, I said to Tim Rice, who took some great shots of that of that moment, that's probably like a top five catch for Pickens. Like the greatest catch any other receiver would ever have is probably maybe top five for George Pickens. That's how routine he makes the ridiculous looks. Uh, the thing that that ran through my head is, is I think Kenny Pickett's talked about this, and I think even Mitch maybe a, a time or two as well in the past is, you know, the ones we don't see in practice. <laughs> right. You know, where does that rank in the ones that we don't see? You know, we've obviously seen them in the games and at Georgia. We see uh, these occasional ones at, at, at training camp. I want, it makes me wonder what – what is he doing on these ones that we don't see in practice that they say are phenomenal, you know? Right. That's uh, my point. Like it's probably like top yeah. five for Pickens, like the unquestioned number one catch for any other receivers, probably just in the mix for a guy like him. And obviously you have something like that happen and you haven't, uh, you know, the catch came against obviously Joey Porter jr. And the, and somehow the instant argument gets started about OPI, you know, uh, on, on Pickens. And look, I, we're, we're do they have the referees on those one on versus ones or no in that drill or do they just let them just sort it out there? Uh, they they were there today. They should have been overall. I don't know. If, I, I wasn't paying enough attention to really see if they were officiating it or not because I was watching the backs on backers, but they should be around there. I, I mean, I, I, People automatically, I guess, want to take sides in that. I, I guess I get it to some degree. And yeah, there was some contact, especially off the line and, and, and all like that. I, I think the two big takeaways in that was A, the catch, and B, that uh, you know, Porter was really, I mean, how many, how many, how many receivers make that catch with Porter in that position there? You know? Sure. Uh yeah, it's just unbelievable play for George Pickens. So I mean, that's just that's what he does. All right. Uh what else with the wide receiver group today? Got, got somebody ask about Allen Robinson. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's been fine. Again, as I wrote about a couple of days ago, he's been as advertised. He's working slot. He's working outside. He's working wing. I think they're moving all these guys around quite a bit. I think Cody White continues to, to stack solid days. They're not amazing. They're not George Pickens level, but they are really solid days and just getting open and, and doing something after the catch. Akeem Butler, a nice touchdown over his head on a slant to end practice today. 
Deontay Johnson, I would say Deontay seems a little frustrated from a lack of targets. I think Pickens has clearly been getting more looks over Deontay throughout camp. I know that Deontay missed basically a full day on day two or day three of training camp, but there was one catch that Pickens had um, where I saw Deontay kind of put his head up a little frustrated looking um, because he's had a good camp. He's been fine, but I think he's just not getting the ball quite as much as any receiver would like to get the football. Yeah, they wanted each one of them once in every play, right? You know, yeah, that's what Pickens, uh, I guess, was you know just saying on that uh, article the other day, right? Uh, Austin, boy, you can. It's good to say, a, it's good to see him back out there, and B, it looks like he has that burst. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- those are those are two big things. Get him back on the field and make sure he still has that burst. And now, now let's keep him healthy because once again, yeah, I don't think he's going to have a. I don't think he's going to be in the fifty catch range range in two thousand and twenty three. But man, whatever catches he 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 has, if he can one once every four catches you produces an explosive play, man, that, that, that team really needs it. Uh, uh, what about some of the guys on the, on, on the back end in, in Hakeem Butler and, and, uh, and miles Boykin. Yeah. Boykin's been quiet. Very few targets for him. Butler, like I said, besides that slant, don't think he was targeted today. Uh, you've seen some targets for Des Fitzpatrick for, uh, Jamarcus Bradley. Bradley's played a little bit in the slot. And so that's going to give him some versatility, um, Austin was relatively quiet, but you're right. That speed's still there despite coming off the foot injury. So it's just about being consistent with his hands. That's probably my, uh, the extent of my receiver notes today. Let's get Austin into the lights and under underneath the lights and into a game, into yeah. a preseason game, you know, excited to, to, uh, to, to see that. Okay. If we missed anything on uh, tight ends, uh, Darn Darnell versus what, how did that go? Really well for Darnell, which is something you might not expect me to say, but two reps against Washington, Watt tried to win the edge both times, and both times Washington used that big frame and length to seal and, and push him up field. Now, I will say the the rest of the story, as you might say, he had two losses later in, in backs on backers, one against Highsmith who beat him to the edge, uh, Washington kind of leaning and, and, and doubling over, which is a big no-no for pass protection, and then Herbig. Uh, beat him as well later. So it wasn't a perfect backs on backers drill for Washington, but you win two reps against TJ Watt. That's going to, you know, turn some heads and they had a touchdown on kind of a jump ball. We have law by Trubisky late in the team practice uh, boxing out James Pierre. So overall, you know, Washington, a pretty tough start to camp needed a good day today. Overall, despite some downs, I would say he had a good day. All right, anything on uh, Fryermuth, uh, uh, Gentry, Hayward? You know, Tomlin talked about Hayward after practice saying, you know, asked about that versatility. And in so many words, Tomlin said, yeah, look, we saw that at East Lansing at, you know, Michigan State. You know, we know, we know what he can do now. We just got to see him, and I'm paraphrasing here, you know, just, just continue doing that. Yeah, that, that, that's DMO, a versatile day. The guy's done everything. He had a tough start in backs on backers against Nick Herbig, but you saw this guy, you know, Alfredo Roberts talking to Hayward, and you saw him get much better by the end of backs on backers, winning a couple reps against Herbig and, and having a nice finish despite a couple of early losses against him. So uh, I would say overall, you saw Hayward kind of respond, and he was probably one of the better offensive players in that backs on backers. Show. Rodney Williams actually did a decent job with his anchor in backs on backers at tight end. We don't talk about Rodney Williams too much. Um, but I thought he was, you know, acceptable in that in that moment. All right. Uh, that should cover the offense. Let's move over to the defensive line. The one guy that stuck out to me the most today was Jonathan Marshall, a name we have not mentioned too many times. He's kind of gotten back up, you know, 
second, third team-ish rotational, probably more third team rotational snaps. I thought he was really good in run defense, getting in the backfield. thought he was strong in O-line, D-line, one of the better defenders in that in that period with a couple of strong reps. I'm trying to see who all he beat. I think, to be fair, I think it was against uh, the third string right guard, Bill Dunkel, who's not, you know, the next all-star, obviously. But some really good reps there from Marshall with his hand use and clubs and swipes and run defense. I thought he was pretty active. So he was good. Isaiah Latimoke had a nice swim move to really beat Kevin Dotson cleanly on the first rep they went uh, uh, up against each other. And so Latimoke, the question is pass rush for him, athleticism burst, saw a little bit more today. Want to see more, obviously, but kind of caught my attention with Isaiah Latimoke. What about Keanu Benton? Yeah, I don't know if he uh, he went uh, against, who did he go against in an O-line, D-line? It was, I think, Kendrick Green. Yeah, he Kind of won the first one, and the second one, Green actually had a really good rep against uh, Keanu Benton, so I thought those guys kind of had a good good back and forth. I see that quickness off the ball. There was one run period team session, and I saw Benton just over nose, um, just fire off the ball. He's got a, kind of that explosive lower half that is quasi-Javon Hargrave, like not, not, not at the Hargrave level, but in that same atmosphere, so to speak. So I'm seeing some burst with Keanu Benton. How about an Armand Watts update? Yeah, not much overall, relatively quiet. He's been playing mostly base defensive end, some nickel rotation uh, snaps as well. What do I have him down for in O-line, D-line? I think one rush uh, successful against McCollum, and then he tried a long-arm stab that didn't work as well the second time. So he's kind of in there. He's rotating. He's been solid, but not spectacular. All right, well, uh, we'll switch out to uh, outside linebackers. I thought T.J. Watt had an interesting comment. The, uh, all those, A lot of the guys sat down with the NFL Network and Brian Baldinger uh, uh, this afternoon there, and Watt says, look, I'm going to have to start charging him. Uh, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's learning all my moves here, and you know, obviously he's being funny there, but that's that's definitely the type of stuff that you uh, you want to hear there. And he also talked about uh, uh, you able to keep uh, Nick Herbig off the quarterbacks and he says not no TAs I had to get on him to hey you can't touch can't 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 touch the quarterback so uh uh that's the lead in there uh how about the outside linebacker position on Tuesday first day of pads like I mentioned earlier her big couple of early wins and backs on backers against Connor Hayward and then I thought Hayward bounced back later in the session all this is in my practice notes by the way so I have every single how how many is it it's uh 34 reps of O-line D-line for backs on backers I have 38 reps there and every single wow. play from uh, a training camp today. So if you want the real skinny and not, not the skinny, but I guess the full description of what happened, the, back the, fat, backers, the, meat. the fat, yeah, the meat and potatoes of it, go to Seagulls Depot, the training camp report. It's all charted there for you guys. That helps me also just, you know, cause you watch, if you just watch and don't take notes, you know, one snap will stick out, but you will right. lose some of the context of it all. And probably like, like Darnell Washington winning the first two great job by him, but losing the next two, that probably does not get mentioned in any other conversation. So I just want to put that out there. Um, but yeah, get, to get back to your point, Herbeck, I thought was good. I didn't get a good feel for the run defense today. I really should concentrate on that more tomorrow. Um, I didn't see anything bad. I just didn't really see anything. And sometimes these guys kind of get lost in the shuffle um, of the play. Marcus Golden really loves that inside spin move. It's not been overly effective so far, but it, it's something he seems to really go to. And I saw from Highsmith, speaking of spin moves, he, he dusted Pat Frymuth on, on two reps on an, in, on an inside spin, which is his calling card. But I saw an outside spin in uh, O-line, D-line, 1v1. I think it might be the counter off the inside spin because tackles were sitting on that late last season. I think Highsmith failed on his final six inside spins. So if he could pull off the inside spin 
and the outside spin. Ooh. That'd be a heck of a weapon. Now, the outside spin is typically not anyone's go-to super effective move, but if he can do it, he did it today against... Who was it against today? Oh, I got to find who it was because I want to get the context for that. And uh, it's it not was. something you're going to... While you're looking, it's not something that you're going to use a lot of, but if you get those guys leaning and set them up properly through, uh, you know, with an inside spin or, you know, or two earlier in the game, that, that can be really effective then, especially if you shorten the path by them mm-hmm. leaning inside. Exactly. He's, and Highsmith has a really good pass rush plan and a high football IQ to know when to deploy these moves. It was against Dan Moore, so it was not against the backup tackle. It was an outside, sp- uh, outside spin move to beat Dan Moore to the edge. And so uh, that one, I'm going to keep watching. You know, if he sharpens up that speed to power and 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 that rip, you know, he's he's going to be the you know he he'll be complete then, won't he? He's got so many moves in that tool belt, and usually I kind of caution and and say to some younger guys, don't have too many moves because you want to be good at you know two or well, three things. Like Kinder, uh, like uh, Kevin Green, you say right? You know, ha- have have one. You know, uh, you need at least one. Mm-hmm. Uh, primary move and then to build counters off of it if you if you can have two moves and then build counters off of that holy moly yeah i mean james harrison dwight Freeney, they were two move kind of guys highsmith is is a multi multi move guy but he's able to make them all work he's really effective with the sands and again i think the pass rush plan you know part of it is the technique and the athleticism but setting up your moves and how the tackle sets you is going to change your move and, and your approach and so if highsmith can add another tool into that belt on top of, you know, bull rush and inside spin and, and ghost and, you know, dip and rip the edge and swipes and all that kind of stuff. You throw the outside spin on top of that. Um, we'll see. But I think he's going to try to mess around with it this camp to try to add something else to his arsenal. Who's number five? Let's play. Who Who's number? I am not a number. I am a free man. That's way before your time. Yeah, over Alex. my head. Yeah. Uh, some some people got that. Some people didn't. Who's number five? Let me just kind of walk through this top four of Watt, Highsmith, Golden, Herbig. Five, still probably to be determined. If you, if it made me choose a name, I'd still go David Perales. I may be a little biased because he was on my roster before camp. I think he's shown maybe the most from that next group up, but no one's really separated themselves yet. I think in Duke ways, had a couple of reps, but he relies on that spin probably a bit too much. Roche has been, I think, quieter than I thought, but um, it's going to be a battle for those guys. All right, the inside linebacker, the re, the, the retooled inside linebacker room with uh, Quan Alexander now in there. Yeah, I thought it was a good day, active active day for those guys. Landon Roberts, the bull rush and backs on backers was fantastic. Um, and then I thought he was active in run session as well. Uh, Quan Alexander throwing his weight around. Same with Paul Holcomb. Had a really nice swim move to beat Najee Harris on the first rep of, rep of backs on backers and popped him pretty good uh, in, in a run session later in the day. How about Chappelle Russell? He had a lot of energy today. He was happy to be in pads. I thought he was active in backs on backers and run session as well. And so that's a guy that obviously has a you know very uphill battle to to hang around, especially with all the inside linebackers there alongside him. But I thought today I was writing 49 quite a bit in my notes. What about Muse and Kwiatkowski in, in that battle? Yeah, Muse had a fumble recovery. That was a really just sloppy play for the offense where, I don't know, Rudolph got his foot stepped on. He fell. Hagens took the carry. The ball popped up, went flying into the air forward into Muse's arms. Um, other than that, I don't have a whole lot on those guys. Kwiatkowski had one or two rushes, I think, and uh, backs on backers. I don't know if Muse even got one, but uh, pretty nondescript overall. They're still running third, fourth team. Chappelle going to get uh, a lot of burn on special teams in that first preseason game, isn't 
I would expect him to definitely. And he could be like a fourth quarter guy that plays it out and finishes uh, things out. He's still running ahead of Muse and Kortowski right now. So we'll see where it goes. All right. How about the uh, cornerbacks? Yeah, I know that Joey Porter, you know, still trying to figure out how George Pickens made that catch. But beyond that, I mean, he had his first pick today. It was so well played. He pinned Cody White to the sideline and, and had inside positioning and tracked the football and picked off the deep ball from Mitch Trubisky and then ran it back, you know, 10 or so yards. And, um, you know, short term memory for that guy. Um, he's, he, you know, he says he's not like his dad. He, he's a talker. He's a guy that will talk some trash. I saw him with George Pickens. You know, I they bet were kinda... them two go back. Them two are going to get into it for it's over, especially mm-hmm. the way Pickens handed him the football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little disrespectful, but I kind of love it for this time of year. I'm going to write about that. Honestly, I, I, I don't want to be too prisoner of the moment, but I can see for a couple, you know, the next five years, just in practice, each camp Porter versus Pickens just have some incredible battles. I think it's kind of shaping up that way, just to kind of athletic freaks built in a lab type of dudes that just can make some really high level type of play. So I think it's going to be really fun to watch those guys going forward. Patrick Peterson solid today with some breakups, one on pickings, one was a fade to fry. I thought Peterson was very, very solid today. And then obviously the Corey trace injury, just noting that again, we'll have to uh, see where he's at tomorrow, but uh, fearing the worst, unfortunately for Corey trice. Boy, how, do you, how would you like to have a mic'd up session of uh, Pickens and Porter? <laughs> Don't know if you could air it, though. I think hey, there'd be a lot of bleeps. Hey, hey uh, I'm, I'm over 18. <laughs> <laughs> Cover uh, your ears if you're under 18. Yeah. Uh, all right. Any, any, anything, you know, how, anything on the slot battle or anything like that? Still some rotation and all, I guess, going on in there? Anything stick out? Um, not in terms of play, but Chandon Sullivan slow first team nickel reps. Elijah Riley, I think, was second team. Duke Dawson, third team. Peterson bumping inside occasionally. So, you know, still, still, what, what would Mike Tomlin say? Still squirreling those nuts or still squirreling <laughs> the nuts of the slot cornerback uh, position? All right. Uh, that was thoughtfully rhythmic on your part, uh, <laughs> or uh, unthoughtfully rhythmic. rhythmic. Uh, safety. Here's to you, Kenny Robinson. All right. There's your setup. Was he a saxophone player? Who was the. No, Kenny no, G. Talking, that was yeah, Kenny you're G. You're talking about Kenny G. And I'm well, what's the to, reference I'm, on I'm, that? I'm trying to. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mrs. Robinson? Yeah, Mrs. Robinson. Ah. All right, I'm there. I'm, it takes me a second, but I, I get yeah, up to speed. I'm learning. We still can't overcome the age difference <laughs> here, but you, no. we've done this a long time, and yeah, we can talk football together, but probably not much outside of that. <laughs> I got some comments about that. Someone uh, catched me after practice talking about the podcast, and that's just kind of the differences, and they, they were always amused by that. And someone also mentioned Trevor Kazora to me today, so no one has forgotten about Trevor uh, Kazora. Very much uh, frustrates me, and I, I mean that in the, the best way possible. Anyway. Safety, yeah. Kenny Robinson getting first team reps with Casey out, with Mink out. His play overall, I don't have much of an evaluation on it. Had a good pop on Najee in the alley um, in that run session. But yeah, I mean, you have a good practice Sunday. You get first team reps on on Tuesday, then the, the next practice back and a chance to show more and get more reps against, you know, higher competition. That's good for him. The guy that stuck out to me the most was Trey Norwood. A, a great open field tackle on Cody White on a crosser where he got wide open and and later in practice, he had a good pop on Jamarcus Bradley. Now Bradley to his credit hung onto the football. It was not technically the full tackling session. So probably a bit unexpected for Norwood to play the lumber, but I kind of love it because this is a guy that's not known for hit pit power and tackling and run defense, all those kinds of things. I, I think he showed a little bit more want to and desire today. And that's going to be really important for him. If he wants to cement that spot on the 53. Let's have a Keanu Neal conversation. 
I was surprised to not have a big screaming hit from Neil today. I thought I'd be talking about him popping some running back. Maybe that was because he was running first team and you couldn't tackle Najee and Warren. They're too precious cargo as deemed by Pittsburgh. So I don't have a lot of notes there, but I mean, he's been available. He's been working first team strong safety, taking essentially every single snap there. And so that's just good for him to get comfortable, to get exposure. I think defensively, there's been some communication breakdowns. Cody White getting open today. That was off of boot and play action. Gunnar Olszewski got wide open today for, I put it down, a 49-yard gain. I mean, there was nobody within 10, 15 yards of him. So I've seen some coverage busts, I think, so far as you kind of go through the growing pains of some new pieces to this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. All right, anything else about the secondary as a whole? Uh, anything of offense, anything sticking out schematically? How about, you know, a 30,000-foot view from, from that perspective? Yeah, I wouldn't say anything different schematically for the offense. Quarterbacks very much on the move and play actions and boots and sprint outs. Those have been common, excuse me, all throughout training camp. I don't know if there was one big schematic wrinkle today. Not a ton of jet sweeps. Um, we've seen a lot of jet motion, but they've only probably run three or four throughout the entire camp so far. They had one today to Jordan Bird. That was the, the play that Trice got hurt on. Um, but overall, actually probably fewer jet sweeps than you might expect. All right. And take us. Through oh, this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There was one uh, Isaac say Malu pulling from his left guard spot off a of play action to block TJ Watt. So that kind of long mm-hmm. pull, which has been done before in Pittsburgh. I remember Marquis Pouncey from the center spot doing that uh, in, in past years, but uh, they did notice that from say Malu today. All right. Now walk us through seven shots quickly, if you will. And, and uh, before, before we get to that, a, a, a question with the first two runs being, being runs by Najee was, uh, was that, a, was that a statement? I mean, was that a semi, you know, uh, we're going to open up first day in pads in, in with this seven shots session of, of trying to run the football? You know, is there is there something to that? Is there a message there? Potentially, I didn't really interpret it that way. I think it was just the pads are on. We can actually run the ball and kind of evaluate that. So let's go ahead and try to do some of that goal line situational. I can look up really briefly. Did they do that last year? We can always look back and see, did they open up with runs back to back last year? I mean, obviously they they want to run the football. The statement's been made. I mean, we know what kind of offense they want to be, um, but it certainly doesn't hurt to try to hammer home that point. Let's see if the uh, first day of pads last year would have been, and they, and they weren't taking them down to the ground, uh, you know, as, as, as few times as possible today, right? Well, not. I mean, in that in that seven shots, I mean, Harris. It, it's hard to tell because he kind of got in the end zone relatively easy on both. Um, there might have been a full tackling, but in that first true run session after seven shots, Harris and Warren were not being taken to the ground. Everyone else was after that, so it was okay. just Harris and Warren off limits. Obviously, want to protect those guys. Harris getting hurt on the first day in pads last year. Um, let's see. First play of seven shots in a padded practice last year was a Najee Harris run. Then there was a pass to Pickens incomplete. And then Harris on the carry again. So it's probably similar to what happened last year. Okay. All right. Now take us through, through the seven shots today. Now I got to pull it back up. Uh, defense one, four, three, they won on the final rep. It was tied at three. I love when it's tied at three on the final rep, just to really see uh, who wants to step up. So first one was Harris carry pretty walk-in variety uh, for a touchdown. His first rep behind James Daniels, good block by the offensive line. Second one, Harris kind of surging over for the score. Third one was a fade to Frymouth, really well defended by Patrick Peterson. Next one, some contact between Porter and Pickens, pass incomplete. Pickens was begging the ref for a flag, did not throw it. Porter jawing with Pickens, and I think Pickens got his revenge a little bit later in the day. 
Uh, next one was Darius Hagens with uh, it, it felt like he was stuffed, but uh, he got some second effort. The refs let it play on, and he got over the uh, the goal line there. And then the sixth one, uh, Trubisky behind and incomplete to Zach Gentry, Trey Norwood covering, so that was tied at three. The last one um, was a roll to the right from Trubisky, caught by Des Fitzpatrick, but out of bounds. Trice had really good coverage to pin Fitzpatrick out uh, and on, onto the sideline. And so that's how the defense won the day, four to three. All right, best thing you saw all day. I mean, it had to be the pick and sketch, right? Yeah, I mean, it, now again, I didn't see it live because right. I was watching back some backers. I, I, I figured there'd be a million videos coming out after, and obviously that there were. Beyond that, in terms of what I personally saw, was Roberts and Robinson just laying the lumber on. <laughs> Do you know, was it was it Lovett and Bell? Because I thought I, it was Lovett twice. I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it was, it might have just been Lovett. Okay, because that's what I had in my notes, but maybe someone else, you know, had because uh, maybe I just missed a number because they're both thirty something. I'm trying so to watch like thirty sure. things on Twitter at the same time. Yeah, uh, you know, while you're trying to watch thirty things out there. I'm sure. <laughs> right, right. But anyway, regardless of who it was, um, Roberts. It was funny because I think Robinson, Robinson saw Roberts just you know lay into the running back and said, "Okay, I'll do that too. I'll just you know, don't care about the rep. I just want to lay this dude out." And uh, they did. All right, Mike Tomlin uh, saying after practice was asked specifically about Minka, uh, if he has a timetable for his return. He says, not that I'll disclose. He's excused by me, and he has my support. So we'll just have to play it by ear to see when when Minka gets uh, get, get, gets gets back after, after it again. We'll have to see about Alfonso Graham, what's going to happen there. Um, he's already stated he's going to be – he thinks he's going to be lost for the season with a torn labrum. So uh, maybe, they, maybe they want to get a second opinion or, or, or whatever. Whatever, but I would expect him to get waived, injured at any time, and then probably if it, if it is season ending, land on IR on, on a split salary. And like we said the other day with Jeremy Nickel, there's uh, there, there's probably a chance he stays on IR all season there. But uh, uh, we'll take one day at a time, and and if any moves happen tomorrow, we'll we'll discuss those. Uh, Alex, good job as as always. I think we managed to do this in about 35 to 38 minutes, which we you know we try to cover all the position groups, and I know. We don't get to talk about every player in this, listeners. I'm sorry, but I, you know, I, I try to rotate through the guys that I think that maybe we haven't touched on. And, you know, obviously uh, Alex has a full training camp report on the site at SeedersDepot.com uh, every, every night. And also you can go, you can listen to this and run over there and, and probably catch up on some missing information on things that we didn't cover. So uh, until let's see Wednesday, the, let's see, we'll have a full episode of the terrible podcast Wednesday morning. Then Alex will be back with me Wednesday night to uh, recap what happened at St. Vincent college. Uh, Wednesday afternoon. So you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show the terrible podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate steedersdepot.com, the donate button upright navigational bar, and also an ad free version of the site uh, upright navigational bar. So until Wednesday, as always, thank you for listening to the terrible podcast with Dave and Alex.